Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Travel Brigade, your destination location, with your hosts, Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. Good morning and welcome to Travel Brigade. This is Kathleen Curry with my co-host Jeff Griffin coming to you here from the beautiful city of San Diego. And I feel like every week in the last few weeks we keep saying the beautiful city of because we're in Southern California. It is beautiful. Yeah, and San Diego in particular, they've got these great beaches and great weather. And that would be enough of a selling point. They could just throw up a couple of crappy hotels, a couple of fast food <laughs> restaurants and call it good and say, hey, you're going to come here for the beaches and the weather anyway. You That's know, right. They don't, they don't rest on their laurels. But, but they no, they don't do that. On top of all that, they have all these great things to do. They've got a lot of great restaurants, good hotels we're going to talk about today. They've got museums. They've got ball teams. It's sort of like if a really good-looking woman or man, as the case may be, <laughs> people would want to go out with them just for their looks alone. But you find out that they're also very intelligent and fun to be with. Yeah, they have a great great personality too. (laughs) They're San Diego. And we've got some great guests today to help you get to know that personality of San Diego. True. We have Joe Timko from the uh, San Diego Convention and Visitors Bureau. Uh, We've worked with Joe a lot in the past and he is so knowledgeable about this great area. We're also going to talk to somebody from the San Diego Zoo and not just anybody. We have an ambassador from the San Diego Zoo. True. The world famous. San Diego. San Diego Zoo. Very good. And we're also going to be talking to somebody from the Manchester Hyatt, which we've stayed there quite a few times. It's a beautiful, beautiful hotel right on the waterfront downtown, um, talking about the waterfront area, Seaport Village. So that'll be a fun fun thing to do. We're also going to be talking with the Cone Restaurant Group. I said group, not just restaurant. I said group. A plethora of choices. Yes, here in San you Diego. you know, you have to eat while you're down here. We're going to talk about a lot of great places we like to eat, and then there's also a lot of other choices that we're going to talk about as well. Sounds great. But before we can get to all of that, we first have to do... Hot Topics in Travel. And I've got a couple of uh, stories coming up that are interrelated. Do I, that, well, I like them. That means they're they're kind of... The same. <laughs> Did you have to explain that to me? <laughs> yeah. That's I had really to explain sad. It to myself. I had to explain it to myself. Um, yeah, I think I think you're going to like them. Yes. Coming up next, hot topics in travel. You're listening to Travel Brigade on Sunday morning. We'll be right back. Next up, hot topics in travel. Questions or comments for the Travel Brigade? Tweet hashtag Travel Brigade or visit travelbrigade.com. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. Make sure that you check us out on our website, TravelBrigade.com. Make sure you like us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade. We're in the lovely location of San Diego where it's 70 degrees and sunny. You can pretty much say that any any day, any day. of the year and, and, it, and you'll be right. It's known for having like the best weather in all of California. Yes, can't can't beat it. Love it. Let's get into hot topics in travel. Okay. First of all, if you love someone, if you really love someone, set them free. I was, that's Sting's answer. <laughs> but my answer is send them on a vacation. Ooh, even better than Sting's answer. Now, I noticed an article on CNN website. It's by a man named Dean Obadala. Hope I'm saying that right. Maybe not. And he kind of can just call him Dean. Dean. <laughs> Dr. Dean. Uh, He kind of has an interesting take on it. 
uh, first of all, he, he relates his own personal experience of his father, who he describes as a workaholic who died very young of a heart attack. Then he looks at some statistics related to that. And men who do not take a vacation, 32% more likely to die of a heart attack. Well, Jeff's not dying of any heart attack soon, I'll tell you that. Well, and neither are you, my dear, because <laughs> women who take a vacation two times a year versus those who only take about one every six years, eight times more likely to die of a heart attack, those who only took a vacation every six years against those who took it twice a year. I don't know what's more startling, the fact that people dying of heart attacks because they're not taking vacations or somebody who would only take a vacation once every six years. Yeah, and we've we've talked about this before, the, the vacation gap. Um, the stats he cites are the average American gets 14 days of vacation a year, but they only take 12. Wrong. 25% of people do not take a vacation at all. So, so wrong. And then he points out, you know, our we've talked about this before, too. Our, we tend to work more hours and take less vacation than other countries in the world, yet we are only 28th in the world in terms of life expectancy. So doing all that work is just getting you to your grave earlier instead of taking a vacation, come back relaxed and refreshed, and living longer. So you should be listening to Travel Brigade, look at all of our past shows, give you lots of ideas of lots of places you can take vacations, and start booking them now. And and look, we know it's a tough economy out there, and you're sitting there going, yeah, I'd love to take a vacation, but my boss wants this done by Friday and everything like that. But what they're finding is you will get more out of your employees in the long run if you give them vacation. You know what we should do? What? We should start a consulting service for for big corporations and tell them why their employees should be let go on vacations. Money-making scheme number 3,429. Okay. Fantastic. Well, there's one company we won't have to contact because they are already on it. Who? A CEO named Bart Lorang from a company called Full Contact, which is a Denver-based software company. He's giving his employees $7,500 a year on top of their salary to take a vacation. What? That's 7500. You heard me right. Cash in your pocket to take a vacation. Well, it's not cash in your pocket. You have to take the va- you can't say, "Oh, I'll just take my 7500 bucks and keep working." No. Right, right, right. But I you mean, have to take the vacation. But you get $7500 if you take a vacation. That would like pay for your vacation and then some. Well, and the reason he picked that amount, he said, was he figured out that was about what it costs for a family of four to go to Mexico for a week. That was his reasoning. Huh. And um, If I ever don't do this anymore, I know we're moving to Denver and we're going to work for that company. Definitely. <laughs> There's two things, though, that while you're on this vacation, which is, some people might find this hard. Number one, you can't do any work. You've okay. got to just leave everything at the office. But, but this is the thing. If your boss is telling you it's okay not to do work, I think people would feel better about not doing work. Right. I, th- I think that, honestly, in the back of people's heads, I think a lot of times it's like, oh, they're going to think I'm slacking off. Oh, my boss is, you know, thinks I'm not here working. And kind of if you have that sort of blessing, maybe, maybe, just maybe you can disconnect. Right, and here's the other thing. That's one of the prerequisites for getting this this trip. And then the second one is 
you've got to disconnect from no cell phones, no tweeting, no tech. He wants you completely cut off. He kind of bases that on he saw a picture of himself. He was riding a camel by the pyramids. What an amazing experience. But in this photo, he was texting somebody. And he looked at that and thought, see how stupid was that? I was here enjoying one of these incredible moments and I'm too busy texting. Very forefront and you're thinking there, Bart. That's kudos to him. I think that's a great way. I mean, I think I think it's the best way to treat your employees. If you treat your employees well, they will come back and take care of you. Employees are loyal, I think. Very much so. Yeah, and you know, if the the research shows you'll come back relaxed and recharged, ready to do a better job. And yeah, in you know, job market, that's one more chip that they can throw out there as an employer. And I want any employees of Bart's to email us at travelbrigade.com. Uh, Kathleen or Jeff at TravelBrigade.com and tell us about their $7,500 bonus and their experience they went on there. I think it would be great to hear about it. That would. Yeah. That would. What do we have up next? Well, hopefully maybe some of them came here to San Diego. Or can plan to come to San or Diego. Or can plan to come to San Diego. Good one. And if you're planning to come here, you need a local expert because there's so much to do here, so many different neighborhoods and different sections of the city. You need an expert. That's true. And we have Joe Timko from the San Diego Convention and Visitors Bureau. I mean, he knows this place like the back of his hand. We'll be coming back with Joe right after this. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel destination show. We'll be right back. Have any travel questions? Call the Travel Brigade at 714-694-4109. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. And along with all of our shows in Southern California this month, we have down to the southern destination of San Diego. And it's beautiful here yet again. Never been here when it wasn't beautiful. Here to tell us more about it is Joe Timko of the San Diego Convention and Visitors Bureau. Joe, why is the weather always perfect when I'm here? Um, Because they say that we have the best weather in the United States, and it's consistently uh, mild throughout the year. So usually, you know, whenever you go to San Diego or come to San Diego, I should say, you're probably going to have a a very good chance, um, good percentage, high percentage, that you're going to experience nice weather when you're in town. I remember one time we were there on, it must have been around October 1st because we went to see the Padres on the last their last game of the regular season. And the weather was, you know, just 70 degrees sunny. And we flew home that night to snow. Yeah, <laughs> so, it was a shock. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I grew up in the Northeast. And, and oftentimes I'll be complaining in January and February that the weather's too nice because I really kind of want to sit in the weekend and just read a book and do nothing. And all my family, you you know, slowly kind of puts the phone down in my ear um, because they honestly don't want to hear that I'm complaining that the weather's too nice and they don't want to be outdoors. Well, tell us why San Diego is such a great destination. I mean, the weather, obviously, hot, hot feature there. But, I mean, there's Mm -hmm. so many things to do when you go to the San Diego area. Yeah, I think we're very fortunate in the sense of the diversity of of things that we have to offer. So for us, I mean, at one time we were a very popular family destination and still are a very popular family destination because of our attractions. We have the zoo, we have SeaWorld, we have Legoland, we have Balboa Park. Uh, But over the years, the city has evolved into a much more metropolitan city, though it still is is very easy to get around. And there's a lot of things that appeal to all different types of visitors. So we find through our statistics, people in their 20s and 30s coming in for sort of the nightlife and, you know, the scene that goes on in downtown. We see um, 
you know, I hate to use the, the term baby, uh, baby boomers, but you know, <laughs> baby boomers without children coming in. And, you know, a lot of that is for our spas and our resorts. And we have a great arts and culture scene and our culinary scene is finally, you know, coming out of the, you know, the shadows of LA and San Francisco. So the city over the years has evolved into a really wonderful city, but there's so much to do that, you know, except for people who are coming for like a snow vacation or a winter getaway, we pretty much have <laughs> all those different types of things that people can experience. Okay, here. so if you're listening, um, do not bring your snowboard or skis. Other than yeah. that, you're pretty much set in San Diego. As a matter of fact, what you said, Joe, it just reminds me of the last time I was there. We spent uh, part of the day at a theme park, went on the bay for the rest of the day, and then went out to the theater at night. So, I mean, really, very diverse day. Yeah, and it's you know it makes my job obviously uh, a lot easier because whenever I talk to people, media and work with media, I mean, there's so many things that I can tell about San Diego. Um, So, but it really is. It's it's a city that, and I've lived in San Diego now for 30 years. Um, It's a city that continues to evolve, continues to get better. And honestly, I, you know, I grew up outside of New York City. I have friends who live in San Francisco and Chicago and all over the country. And I tend to be the one that everyone's jealous of, of because (laughs) where I live. Tell us about some of the great little towns. I mean, I shouldn't say towns as areas like Old Town and the Gas Lamp area. Tell us, you know, what the unique features of some of those different areas. Yeah, I think that, you know, the nice thing, and they say that within the city of San Diego, there's about 100 different neighborhoods. Um, So there is a lot of of different places to go for different kinds of experiences. Um, Old Town is an area that um, has a lot of history. It's probably noted for wonderful Mexican restaurants and and, um, shopping um, for uh, different types of Mexican items. Uh, it's an area that dates back to the mid-1800s. It was the original settlement of San Diego that has become very popular. The Gas Amp Quarter also has a lot of history. Um, it dates back to the late 1800s. Um, but that area right now is sort of the hub of our nightlife. So 20 or 30 years ago, you never went into like the downtown and the gas lamp area. Um, but in, within the last 10 or 20 years, it's kind of evolved. There's been so many new nightclubs and restaurants that have moved um, with some very great boutique properties like W's moved in and the Kimpton Hotels and there's rooftop bars. So if you wanted nightlife, um, you would head down to the gas lamp quarter. But some of the real interesting areas too is like you go to North Park right now. And North Park is an area that right now has a great scene. Um, It was actually um, highlighted a couple of years ago, Men's Journal, I don't know if you're aware, but we have a, a great local craft beer scene in San Diego. Oh, I didn't know and that. And we were rated the number one beer city in the U.S. because we have more craft beer local breweries than any other city in the U.S. And North Park, um, which is adjacent to um, Balboa Park, there's a, a street called 30th Street where there's all these great um, breweries and, and uh, pubs and restaurants. And there's a really good, like, uh, evolving art scene right now. So North Park is like a hot neighborhood if you're younger. And, and even for people who live, that's where you kind of want to live right now. I should mention, um, we talked about the uh, Padres Stadium earlier. I'm the, I'm the sports fan. <laughs> Kathleen always mm-hmm. gets on me for rambling on about sports. But I've been to a lot of ballparks, and I really loved that park because it is in that gas lap quarter, and it's sort of yeah. – almost like carved into there. There's, I, I believe, out in left field, it kind of there's a building right there. And it sort of feels like it's part of 
the neighborhood and before and after the game you can go to all these stores and things that you want to go to yeah yeah the petco park was was a, a really great um addition to downtown and it really uh helps burn a lot of of the downtown development and right next to to petco park is basically between though um the gasland quarter which we mentioned and then east village and east village right now in downtown is the is now an area that you see a lot more retail moving in a lot great a lot of really great bars and restaurants um, so you see a lot of evolution going on in East Village. And East Village was an area um, similar to the Gasland Quarter in downtown 23 years ago, was an area that was just filled with warehouses. So like East Village is an area right now that we're kind of um, promoting a lot within the destination because it's sort of like the next new place to go in the downtown area. So a lot of new condos that are being built in that area. And then even adjacent to that um, area, right next to East Village is an area called Barrio Logan. And Barrio Logan, we've been kind of keeping an eye at. Barrio Logan is an area that had a very large Hispanic and still has a very large Hispanic population. And right now you see a lot of um, cool new art galleries opening up and different restaurants opening up. So the nice thing that you see in a lot of the neighborhoods that we were just mentioning, Little Italy, um, uh, Hillcrest, these are areas that over the last five and ten years are now starting to take on um, these different personalities and characters that that they didn't have a few years ago because they're sort of turning over and, and, and turning into some really nice places to go, not only for the local residents, but also people who are coming into town who want to feel like, okay, if you don't want to go to sort of, for lack of a better word, the touristy area, where do the locals go? And these are sort of the areas that the locals are hanging out right now. You know, one area I was just thinking when you're talking about downtown is Horton Plaza has been around if you like shopping. It's like the original outdoor mall. I mean, it, it, it yeah. it's so much fun. It's and it's you know you're experiencing the whole thing while you're outside, and it's just such a great place uh, to to be out there to shop and enjoy the weather all at the same time. You know, the other thing we were t- going to talk about is Balboa Park. Great place mm-hmm. for museums and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, Balboa Park is is a really a gem within our city. Um, it was originally built in uh, for the 1914-1915 Panama California Exposition, and right now they're in the process of putting together some plans for its centennial. Um, so it's an exciting time in Balboa Park. But Balboa Park is is called the Smithsonian of the West, um, and it's the largest urban cultural park in the U.S. And within the 1,200 acres of Balboa Park, you have the San Diego Zoo, which is often rated one of the top zoos in the world. But you also have 15 major museums, everything from um, aerospace to folk art and fine art. Um, and they're all in these beautiful Spanish colonial revival architectural build architecture buildings. Um, there's also beautiful gardens in Balboa Park, um, the zoo, as I mentioned. So there's a whole cultural aspect to Balboa Park. And then there's another part of outdoor recreational aspect where there's a golf course in Balboa Park. There's a velodrome. There's Frisbee golf. There's great hiking and biking trails. And all this is sort of right in the center of the city. 
Uh, but it's kind of, as I initially said, it's, it's sort of the jewel of the city. A lot of people don't, until you go into Balboa Park and you see the beautiful architecture and gardens, um, you don't realize that there's such a facility, and we're very fortunate to have it as part of the city. Um, and then also a lot of times people think, well, well, you're in Southern California, you have great beaches, you know, you have great arts and you have great outdoor recreation, but how much arts and culture do you have? And we're really very fortunate because of our museums, the Old Globe Theater, which has actually right now in the summer has a Shakespeare festival um, that they do three different Shakespearean plays in repertoire um, in an outdoor stage. And it's highly rated um, within the country. And they also do a lot of shows throughout the year. A lot of times some of those shows head off into New York and to Broadway. Um, so you can see, you know, pre-Broadway shows or, or shows prior to them going to Broadway here at the Globe, as well as up at La Jolla Playhouse. It sounds like um, there's so, so many things to do, now. people can't even make a choice when they get there. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, tell us no, a little bit I, about where people can contact uh, to visit San Diego, where they can book tickets, hotels, all that kind of information, where they can contact the Convention and Visitors Bureau. Yeah, well, we just launched our new website. It just went live about a week ago, um, so we're very excited. And it's called San Diego.org. Um, and on the site, you'll find tons of content. You'll see uh, lots of maps of area. Um, it's very interactive. You could find information about hotels, restaurants, special events. So basically, that would be the best resource uh, for for anyone who's visiting San Diego. And once again, it's sandiego.org. And it's amazing. We've talked about all these different things. We haven't once mentioned the beach. You might want to go there for the beaches, too. So uh, anyway, thank you very much. for beautiful. Yes. Thank you very much for joining us, Joe. Uh, thank you for having me on. This is Travel Brigade again here. Our San Diego show will be right back. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel destination show with Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin coming to you live from San Diego, or we're going to start calling it Perfect Weather San Diego. Joe had a lot of really great things to say, and some of our favorite places we talked about with him, Old Town, Great Mexican Food, the Gas Lab Quarter, so much fun shopping, food, restaurants, and of course the new Petco Field that's there. And one thing we just barely started talking about was some theme parks here in the San Diego area. Yeah, and th again, there's so much to do here. It, it seems like we could go for an hour and not talk about SeaWorld or Legoland. And we're kind of going to do that because we're going to feature them in an upcoming show in August where we'll be talking about Southern California theme parks. Yeah, a whole show with Southern California theme parks. I don't know how it would get any better than that. It'll be great. There's going to be Disney, SeaWorld, Legoland, some other great theme parks here in Southern California. This is a San Diego show, so we, of course, are going to talk about SeaWorld and Legoland just a little bit. SeaWorld's a classic that's been around for decades. I can remember going there as a kid. Seeing Shamu. Shamu. And this summer, they have a new Shamu show. You know, I always like the nighttime Shamu shows. They're so fun. They've also got a new Turtle Reef with turtles. 
But the really big thing, if you've been in Southern California at all this summer, you've seen the ads, the Manta Ride. It's really cool. It's a combination between a roller coaster and interactive Manta Ray uh, pet exhibit where you can learn about them, touch them, feed them, all sorts of really cool things. And that's really kind of the whole park in a nutshell. Go on a thrill ride, go learn about marine life. Go on a thrill ride, go learn about marine life. And it's really fun for kids. I mean, I remember... Uh, doing this as, as a kid, which I thought was really funny when my kids did it, which is you go there and everyone wants to come out, a marine biologist or a dolphin trainer. I mean, it's just such a cute thing. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves the animals there. And it's just a fun place to do. And it's very, it's San Diego in a nutshell, the San Diego Sea World. As a kid, did you ever play with Legos and feel like and think to yourself, what if I had a whole city made of Legos or a whole theme park made of Legos. That's true. Legoland's just up north of San Diego in Carlsbad. They recently added a water park so you can not only build things with Legos right around on Legos, but now you can float on Legos, I'm assuming. <laughs> That's true. You can float, get wet all day, and enjoy the time at Legoland. This year they have Pirate's Reef, which is a new thing. We're in San Diego. Yeah, what's the first thing you think of when you hear San Diego? The world-famous San Diego Zoo. Yeah, it's got to be. We're really lucky that we have a great representative from the San Diego Zoo. Not just a representative, but an ambassador to share everything about the zoo. And we'll be talking to him right after this. This is Travel Brigade. Your Sunday morning travel show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Travel Brigade. And now family travel. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. We are doing this week's show on San Diego, the beautiful city of San Diego. And what would San Diego be without the world-famous San Diego Zoo? Yeah, San Diego's always been noted for its zoo, and so we wanted to talk with them. And we called them up and we said, look, we don't just want to talk to anybody. We want to talk through your global ambassador. We will settle for nothing less. <laughs> and here with us, we've got Rick Schwartz, who is the global ambassador for the San Diego Zoo. Welcome, Rick. Thank you so much. Tell us a little bit about why the zoo is so world famous. Well, you know, it's uh, it's been around for almost 100 years, for one thing. Oh, wow. And honestly, uh, we were established in October of 1916. And at the time, San Diego was really just a, a small town in the southern tip of California. And over the years, of course, San Diego's grown, and with it, the reputation of the San Diego Zoo. And it's one of those things where, um, you know, I think from the get-go, it had a lot to do with the foresight of our founder, he always wanted to be not just a zoo, but but a, a space where animals could flourish. And with that, his passion for wildlife went beyond the zoo. And that's kind of been a driving force of the zoo itself over the years. With that, we've been uh, able to be a leader in, in both uh, the way animals are, are shown in the zoo and the, and the way our guests interact with them and learn about them, and also leading the charge along with zoos across the nation for conservation around the world. So with that, it's just kind of the, the general mindset and energy of, of what we do as a zoo is, is created a situation where we've become and maintained a world-famous status. What is the most popular animal or attraction at the zoo? I mean, what is the have-to-see on the list when you go to the zoo? You know, that's always a tough question to answer because everyone has their, their own favorite animal. And, uh, you know, so a must-see can be anywhere from an orangutan to gorilla, a, the Komodo dragon, or the elephants, you know, some of your, your standard favorites, or even our, our tigers and hippos. 
I would have to say, though, in all honesty, the one that stands out the most is our giant pandas. Uh, yeah, we hear a lot arrival. about the pandas. That's yeah, and you know, it's honestly, it's the only area where there is usually a line to get in to see them. Oh, so really? I'd have to say, because of that, that would that would probably make them the the most popular, simply because they're the only uh, area where there truly is a line that establishes itself over the day. Now, what are some new things going on at the San Diego Zoo now? Well, you know, we always have our uh, our nighttime zoo, which is our extended hours, and we usually have a theme and whatnot. This year, it's a China celebration. Uh, but not only that, what's really, honestly, the newest thing is we've redone our reptile area. So we've always had behind the reptile house a large reptile mesa with Galapagos tortoises and, and uh, frogs and turtles and tortoises and snakes from around the world. And just recently, we were able to update all of that area. It's been closed for almost a year now, and it just opened the beginning of uh, July, and it's it's beautiful. Uh, it's separated. We have an area for amphibians. We have an area for California native animals. Lots of great interpretation as far as with signs and graphics, and even the newest addition to the zoo is our Chinese alligators, and these are a very, very critically endangered uh, alligator species, and we have two beautiful females now joining us down there in the reptile area. Oh, wow. Hey, you mentioned the nighttime programs. Tell us a little bit about I didn't even know the zoo was open at night. Yeah, well, that's our summertime only. Uh, we're open from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, we actually start wrapping things up around 8.30, but the gates close at 9. And there is so much going on. You know, of course, it's the standard zoo when we open, which I highly encourage people to get there at opening because in the morning hours, you see animal activities you may not see midday. But when the animals maybe start taking their siesta midday, that's when we really start kicking off all the fun and amazing things going on for nighttime zoo celebration. We have a wide variety of different shows. We have different enrichment encounters, keeper talks, giraffe feedings. Uh, you never know, too. We have animal meet and greets. You never know who you're going to come across. A lot of the things that we do are scheduled, and you can find that schedule on the back of the map so you can time out your day perfectly. And a lot of it, too, is just kind of a, a surprise appearance. And, again, that can be animals. That can be artists. That can be... Uh, we have even gymnasts, so we have a gym, uh, gymnastics-type show in our, one of our theaters, and they will randomly show up in the middle of the zoo, too, to just kind of encourage people to show up to the, the show later that evening. So it's a lot of fun. Now, in addition to the zoo, there's also the safari park. In an ideal world, you plan two days and do one at each, but if, if you've only got time to do one or the other, what are kind of the highlights of what... And why are they different? Right. Yeah, the why are they yeah exactly. Yeah. I think it's it's most important, instead of saying you should do this one or that one, is to explain the differences between the two and then let the, the, the listeners decide for right. themselves. You know, the San Diego Zoo is right there in Balboa Park, very close to downtown. It's 100 acres. Uh, it's more of a standard zoo experience in the sense that uh, you have different areas that are, are bioclimatic zones. You're experiencing a, a moment of going into, let's say, uh, Southeast Asia when you go to Tiger River and you see all the animals and birds of that area and move on to the hippo exhibit and then down to the African area. It's it's a more condensed 100 acres where the safari park, you know, it's, it's far removed. It's about uh, 35 miles north and it's out further away from the city. It is over 1,800 acres. Wow. We have field exhibit enclosures that uh, are almost as big as the San Diego Zoo. These range anywhere from 60 to 80 acres for one enclosure. So the experience is vastly different. One is very much a zoo experience, and one is much uh, more of a, a safari experience, to be honest with you. And that's really the way to experience it. There is a lot of walking at the safari park, but a lot of it, too, can be done with the safari tour that's part of your, your entrance, or you can even upgrade your, your ticket fare for a, a golf cart tour, a photo caravan tour, which actually takes you out into the field exhibit with the animals coming right up to it, which is more African safari feel. Uh, even a, a caravan, I'm mean, sorry, even the um, 
the Segway tour where there's only about 10 other people and you and two guides. It's much more intimate because you can stop at any time, ask questions directly to the guides, and it's really an amazing experience. It this. sounds too difficult to choose. <laughs> it is hard, yes. I will say this. Regardless of which one you choose, though, bring comfortable shoes and sunscreen because it's a lot of walking, and this, the San Diego sun will surprise you. It's always at room temperature, 70 degrees, but it's still direct sunlight, and you will get burnt. So we always encourage comfortable shoes and sunscreen. That's right. Be safe. Can you tell us where people can contact San Diego Zoo about getting tickets, information on open hours? Uh, I don't know if they can buy tickets online, anything of like course, that. Of course, yes. You know, we're very active online. Of course, I would I would immediately say in this day and age, you used to be give out the 800 number, but now it's just sandiegozoo.org. That's kind of our main hub, and you can click on anything there to get you directly to the zoo or the safari park. From there, then you can click on tickets or even plan your trip. We have a few partners in the hotel areas around here that you can plan a whole trip down to this area if you don't live here locally. Uh, but again, it's sandiegozoo.org, and you can find out information on the park or the zoo about our different shows and programs, ticket prices, and everything else. Of course, too, i got to mention social media. It's been insane the last couple of years. We've jumped into the Facebook and Twitter streams, and we have great response, and people can share photos, and it's really a great community. Do the pandas tweet? Or do they? <laughs> no, but you know, it's fun as we Darn do it. get a lot of insight from our keepers and trainers. So that's not just the standard like marketing tool of social media. We have uh, a direct contact, of course, with our staff who are right there next to the animals all day long, and it's really a lot of fun. Thank you so much for speaking with us, Rick. My pleasure. Thank you so much. This is Travel Brigade Sunday morning. We'll be right back. Have you friended Travel Brigade yet? Well, you can at their website with links to Twitter and Facebook, as well as lots of great articles for all your travel needs. www.travelbrigade.com Welcome back to Travel Brigade, our San Diego, sunny San Diego show. And a couple of weeks ago on our show, we talked about what a great place San Diego is as a cruise port. It is a great place as a cruise port. And, you know, if you're interested in that, just go to our website, travelbrigade.com. Click on our radio shows and it'll take you there. But it is a great place as a seaport. It's got a great couple of great bays, actually. Mission Bay and the big bay known as San Diego Bay. There's so much to do on San Diego Bay. You can sail, you can kayak, you can take this great thing we did with the kids as one of the seal tours, which is kind of like a duck tour in a lot of other uh, places, but because the Navy is there and the SEALs are there, they call it the SEAL Tour, which is sort of this onshore, offshore experience. It's really fun. I believe the correct term is it's an amphibious vehicle, meaning it can go on land or in the water. Voila, very good. Last time we took that tour, we actually got a sneak peek of the Navy Dolphin Training Program. We were really lucky. Another great place is Coronado, and I've always had fond memories of driving over that bridge to the Coronado Peninsula. Yes, it's really pretty over there, very quaint. And the Coronado Hotel, of course, is just a classic. But back to the bay, they call it the Big Bay because 34 miles of waterfront property. That is a big bay. And we're going to talk with someone from a really great hotel along that waterfront. That's true. The Manchester Hyatt is a great hotel. We've been there quite a few times. It's one of our choices when we go to San Diego. It's a great location right there on the Seaport Village. We love the Seaport area. So many fun things to do right there. And no bad views. No bad views. So we'll talk with the Manchester Hyatt when we come back. You're listening to Travel Brigade. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, or check out our website, TravelBrigade.com. We'll be right back. 
Have you friended Travel Brigade yet? Well, you can at their website with links to Twitter and Facebook, as well as lots of great articles for all your travel needs. www.travelbrigade.com Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. And here again in this beautiful, beautiful area of San Diego, going down the southern coast of all of our California shows this month, we are in San Diego. And when you're here in San Diego, you're going to want a great hotel to stay at. And here to tell us about the Manchester Grand Hyatt is Kelly Comerford. Welcome, Kelly. Hi. Good morning. How is everyone? It's so great. And if for those of you who have never been to San Diego, I mean, just looking at a picture of the beautiful Manchester Hyatt, it, it just towers over the beautiful waterfront area. Tell us about, you know, particularly the location of the hotel, which I think is an amazing location right there next to Seaport Village and the boardwalk. Tell us a little bit about that whole front area of the water. Sure, my pleasure. Uh, well, the Manchester Grand Hyatt sits on San Diego Bay. We're the largest hotel on the West Coast, and we have a picturesque waterfront retreat setting. So we're ideally situated on the bay. Uh, right in our backyard is uh, Seaport Village, which has 125 different shops and restaurants for tourists to go out and explore and do some shopping, and it's just a great location. We um, have a fabulous restaurant uh, right on the bay as well called Sally Seafood on the Water, where passion meets the plate. And we, uh, our chef, uh, Laura DeMartin, puts together some spectacular uh, seafood dishes. And uh, all of our uh, food at um, Sally's is prepared with uh, – it's very thoughtfully sourced and carefully prepared. We work with a local seafood company called Chesapeake Fish Company, and most of our fish that comes in that's on the menu is actually uh, caught right off the shores of La Jolla. So we're uh, sourcing our foods locally and providing fresh, uh, amazing seafood. So the uh, sushi bar – and uh, the crab cakes uh, are absolutely spectacular. They are. Yeah. I've had them. They're amazing. And it's such a great place. I mean, you can do some great people watching right there at Sally's. It seems like they have specials all week long for people that are in the area that might want to come check out Sally's during happy hour. Well, during, during happy hour, we just made a change with our happy hour, and we now have tapas. So we've uh, refocused our, right. our efforts, and it's now small plates. And there's tapas available uh, for our guests, and so they can come in and depending upon what we're serving and what we're uh, in season for, the freshest vegetables and freshest seafood and, and sushi, uh, we have lots of wonderful tapas for and small plates for our guests to enjoy. And they're becoming a real big hit this summer. Guests are giving us great feedback on, on the tapas. Tell us a little bit about the location of Sally's right there next to the village and what just a fun area and how many things you can do just right there. Well, guests can go out and shop, and they can uh, take in, you know, a nice uh, leisurely stroll on the bay. They can uh, walk about uh, four blocks up to the Midway and tour the Midway Museum, which is a which is a naval ship, and uh, it was a decommissioned naval ship, and it's absolutely it's an aircraft carrier, absolutely spectacular, has great bay views. And then they can uh, walk farther up, and uh, they can go into North Embarcadero Park, South Embarcadero Park. During the summer, we have the concert series going on. Uh, which is our local orchestra that does uh, summer pops in the park, and that's really fun for our customers. And uh, there's just there's always activities going on during the winter months. We have uh, whale watching on the bay, so they can walk up and hop on a harbor excursion cruise, and do a cruise and uh, see the bay from from the waterfront, and uh, really experience all that uh, San Diego Bay has to offer right here from the. Uh, from the doorsteps of the Manchester Grand Hyatt. That's true. Last time we stayed at the uh, the Hyatt, not too long ago there at the Manchester, we walked out and did one of the SEAL tours, which the kids thought was amazing. I mean, San Diego is such a kid-friendly place. You can get out and do a SEAL tour, which actually is this amphibian uh, 
car slash boat that takes you right into the water. It's really fun. Uh, tell us a little bit about the Hyatt Camp Hyatt and some of the family activities what? and family focus you have there. Well, if mom and dad want, if mom and dad want to take a little break on their staycation and, and uh, have the kids uh, be in a supervised program, they can take advantage of Camp Hyatt. And Camp Hyatt, we run from Memorial Day to Labor Day, and that's up on the fourth floor pool deck. And we have a backyard setting, and we have all sorts of games and activities, and the families can go in and they can uh, sign up for uh, half a day or a full day of Camp Hyatt, and our staff will keep the kids busy while mom and dad either go over to uh, Kin Spa and have a nice couple's massage and uh, relax by themselves over at the adult pool. Uh, Kin Oasis is connected to Kin Spa. That's our adult pool. You have to be uh, 18 years or older to be at that Jeff's pool. liking that already. He heard, he heard it, likes it. Put it and in his mental notes. <laughs> so that's kind of nice for the family. Mom and dad can go get a relaxing massage and then hang out by the pool. They can order something from uh, our superfoods menu that's light and healthy and uh, it goes in with uh, like an infused tea and some light uh, light fruit and sandwiches after they've had a nice massage. And then the kids can be uh, sitting up on the fourth floor pool deck with their Camp Hyatt and playing games. We uh, have uh, two fire pits overlooking the bay, and we have some more kits that uh, can be purchased. Oh, I was and just going to say that. That's really fun after you, know, you kind of do your own thing during the day, if you want to, or do a family thing, to come back together at the Hyatt and get one of the some more kits, because we did that, and it was really fun. Tell us about that. Well, it's really fun. We have some more kits available for uh, the families, and they're they're uh, they're on purchase uh, up at the fourth floor pool deck or at Redfield Sports Bar Deli, and uh, they can go up and they're full complete kits, and they go up and take their graham crackers and marshmallows, and they roast their marshmallows over the open fire pits as you watch the sunset. And the kids always have a great time with that, and it's something fun for the parents to do an interactive activity with the children. So it's a nice time for everybody, and it's a nice way to kind of finish off the day. And then they can go and uh, tuck the kids in uh, to their rooms and uh, tuck them into bed, and then Mom and Dad can go up to uh, Top of the Hyatt and have a – you know, have a, one of our mixologists uh, put together a uh, sunset cocktail or a fun one of our specialty drinks, and they can uh, also have small plates up there as well at the top of the Hyatt, which is on the 40th floor of the Harbor Tower. Yeah, and great view of the city. I was just going to say, we've been there, and, and it's worth going just for the view. And it's, then, a spe- it's a spectacular view. It's the best view in the city for sure. And I think you're right. That I found the best family vacations are when you get just enough family time and just enough alone time that you're not driving each other nuts, but but still spending time together. So it sounds like you know there's there's the options to do that there. Tell us a little bit about you know the location, and it's easy to get to a lot of different places from right yeah, there. Yeah, we we sit on the we sit on the bay, but we also um we are also uh, directly uh, connected to the gas lamp. So the gas lamp has over 250 uh, bars, restaurants, and shops. We're uh, four blocks. Uh, from Horton Plaza Mall, so that anchors Nordstrom's and has all the major retailers in it. So if uh, families want to come to uh, the coast and uh, do a little bit of shopping, uh, there's lots of shopping over at uh, at Horton Plaza Mall and uh, then the gas lamp for uh, restaurants, entertainment district, and then, of course, um, if you want to hop on uh, the ferry, you can basically rent one of our bicycles, and the family can get on bicycles, go over to the Harbor Excursion Cruises, and they can cross over to Coronado and uh, jump over onto Coronado and uh, bike tour Coronado for the day and uh, kind of hang out at the beach and then come back on the harbor uh, cruise back to um, 
back to the port of San Diego here and uh, come back to the hotel. So we're really ideally situated for, you know, we're downtown, we're on the bay and uh, close to the gas lamp. And uh, if families want to go up to SeaWorld, uh, SeaWorld is about a 11-minute uh, drive from our uh, hotel. That's, a, that's a, situated on Mission Bay. So they just uh, hop on the 5 and they get off at, um, at SeaWorld uh, Drive and they can go over and, and see Shamu in the front. Kelly, where can people contact to get more information about the Manchester Grand Hyatt? The best place to go is to go to uh, www.manchestergrand.hyatt.com. And all the information is on the website. Again, it's www.manchestergrand.hyatt.com. And you'll see all of our information, all of our packages that are available, and all the specials. Uh, we have a great uh, opportunity for families during the month of October, October 1st through the 31st, is a uh, family deal, kids eat free. So if the adults book a, uh, one of our guest rooms, the kids eat free in, the, in uh, Lael's restaurant for breakfast. So uh, that's a nice uh, that's a nice program. We have a bed and breakfast package, and if they just get a room, the kids can uh, if mom and dad buy a buy a breakfast, then uh, the kids eat free at twelve and under. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Kelly. Oh, it's our pleasure. We look forward to welcoming everyone in sunny San Diego, and thank you so much for your interest in the Manchester Grand Hyatt. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. Make sure that you check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, travelbrigade.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Travel Brigade, your weekly travel spot. With highlights of your favorite travel destinations, check out TravelBrigade.com and Travel Brigade on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back to Travel Brigade. This is our San Diego show. This is Kathleen Curry and Jeff Griffin. And you know, the only thing I can think about right now are those crab cakes at Sally's Seafood. Yeah, we were just talking about that place in our interview with the Manchester Grand Hyatt. And yeah, it's a great location. Well, I mean, where are you going to find better seafood than right next to the sea? <laughs> and I don't know if you know this, too. San Diego is not only right next to the sea. It's also right next to Mexico, which means you can also find great Mexican food there. I love Mexican food. And, you know, every time I travel anywhere else, I always want to come back to California and get some good Mexican food here. And, you know, I love a couple places in Old Town. I like the Coyote Cafe, which is really good. And then we were just talking about the Gas Lamp Quarter, and there's a couple other places I really like to eat when I'm there. One is the Royal Thai, which has got great Thai food. There's a couple of Thai places up and down the California coast. They have one in Laguna Beach, Newport Beach, but also in San Diego. Great Thai food at the Royal Thai. Even though there's a couple of these around Garadilly Ice Cream Parlor, there is one in San Diego as well, and they're such a fun place to take the kids. If you're not in San Francisco, there's also one in San Diego. Fun place at Garadilly's, right in the gas lamp quarter. There's such a variety of restaurants here, so many to choose from. So we thought we'd talk to somebody who has a whole group of restaurants, the Cone Restaurant Group, and they're going to tell us more about some of their delicious dining options when we come right back. Trying to make it really hard for you to choose. You're listening to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel destination show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Travel Brigade, your weekly travel spot. With highlights of your favorite travel destinations, check out TravelBrigade.com and Travel Brigade on Facebook and Twitter. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show, and we are doing shows all month long on California, the beautiful destination of Southern California, and one stop you have to make while you're there is San Diego, and we've been talking about amazing things to do here in San Diego, wonderful attractions, places to stay, but 
you also have to eat. I was just going to say all the things we've been doing in San Diego are making me hungry. Couldn't think of someone better to call and get information about restaurants than Jessica Cohn Feynman, who's with the Cohn Restaurant Group. They've got 13 different restaurants here in San Diego. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about the options. I mean, having that many restaurants certainly can give listeners an option as to whether or not they want to do some family dining, alone dining. Give us an option for, let's say, some families that are there. Absolutely. Um, if you're a family visiting San Diego, you, you must not leave without making a trip to the world-famous Corvette Diner, uh, located in a historic Liberty Station, which is a pretty cool destination in itself. Um, the Corvette Diner is a spot for, for the young and the young at heart. Um, you know, we, we do burgers and shakes and have sassy, sassy servers that uh, will talk back to you and uh, take you back to the 50s with live DJs and balloon artists and magicians wandering around. Um, and, you know, while some may say, ooh, I don't want to wait for a table, um, have no fear. You can walk down the hall and enter into our gamer's garage, which is just a, a mecca of cool arcade games and, and fun things to do for, for kids and adults. So we can send the kids down to play in the arcade and then... <laughs> <laughs> and have a glass of wine yourself. There you go. Absolutely. That sounds like but really fun. And I, I have played my kids in air hockey many a time, so it's not just <laughs> for the kids. Well, speaking of getting rid of the kids, what if we want just a nice couple's night out? Your your options are really um, so vast here in San Diego. Um, you know, personally, um, talking for the Cohen Restaurant Group, we have um, a wonderful restaurant that sits on the on the water in Harbor Island, um, and it gives you a view of San Diego. So when the lights go down, um, when the sun goes down, rather the the city lights really go up, and um, there's just no other view in San Diego than than at our restaurant island prime and sea level. And um, you can take the kids there. Uh, sea level is is um, a bit more casual and open from lunch uh, through dinner, but Island Prime is sort of that date night, uh, fake seafood, more of a higher-end uh, atmosphere if you if you want to have a special date night without the kids. But, now, um, I heard, tell me if this is true. Yep. I heard that you it can actually go Lexus shopping and then go to lunch <laughs> in one of your restaurants. That is true. We just opened up a Ventana up in Escondido. We ventured north a bit, so it's for the for the adventurous. Maybe if you're going to the Wild Animal Park in Escondido, and uh, you want a place to stop on your way back um, to your hotel in San Diego, uh, we are on the penthouse level of a a brand new Lexus dealership, and it's really really been fun. It's been open for only a month, and um, we're doing really well with lunch and dinner up there. So it's it's a great location. And we also just got done doing a, a port show, and you had mentioned to me before that you have a place or a couple of places by the, the Big Bay port area. Exactly, and that is a great website, the Big Bay, uh, thebigbay.com. Um, you can get many of information for, for tourists and locals alike on that website. Um, our restaurant, Island Prime and Sea Level, is located on the bay, and you can wave to the um, the hornblower cruisers that cruisers that go by, or you can hop on a, a hornblower cruise um, and take a ride through the bay. You can see the Coronado Bridge, and again, see all the lights of the the city downtown. So it's a it's a really nice location, and and there is a lot to do on the bay, museums and and uh, tourist attractions. As yeah, well. we love that that um, battleship that's in there, the Midway. We went there yeah. last time when we cruised out, and we had such a fun time. Balboa Park is a really popular place for a lot of different reasons. 
restaurants in that area if we're planning on spending a day there that we could stop well, by? Well, if you're spending a day, there's a lot to do in Balboa Park, including the, um, the world-famous San Diego Zoo. But we do have um, one of our award-winning um, restaurants. It's called the Prado at Balboa Park, and it, it is located in the heart of Balboa Park. Um, in the uh, historic House of Hospitality. It used to be um, in a nurse's um, station during during the war. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of history in, um, in that area and, and in the Balboa Park. There are plenty of museums, but our restaurant, the Prado, is, is located there, and it's a wonderful stop for lunch with the kids, um, but it's also a really nice romantic restaurant if you want to go in the evening with, with adults. Thank you so much. Can you tell us a little bit about where people can contact uh, any of these restaurants? Well, our our uh, website is easy. It's dinecrg, as in conerestaurantgroup.com. So if you go on to dinecrg.com, you can get all the information for our restaurants. But also, um, don't forget, babbleapark.org is a great resource as well for Babbleapark. Park. Thank you very much, Jessica. And again, if you didn't write those websites down, you can go to our website, travelbrigade.com, where we'll be posting a hot sheet with all the contact info for everybody we're interviewing today. Thanks again for joining us, Jessica. Well, thank you for having me. Have a good day. This is Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. You can make sure that you can follow us on Twitter or check out our Facebook page or website at travelbrigade.com. We'll be right back. Have any trouble questions? Call the Travel Brigade at 714-694-4109. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show here in the beautiful, beautiful weather of San Diego. And it's come to that time in the program when we have to narrow it down to the three things that we each like best. It's And in this case, it's very, very hard to do. I, I feel a little bit like uh, Emily the Bachelorette trying to <laughs> pick who's going to get the rose, and there's so many to choose from. But we've got to do it because right now we need to do he said. She said. And she said goes first. I am going to go with no surprise to you, I'm sure, SeaWorld. SeaWorld's on my top. I love it. Love the mammals. Love Shamu. Love the rides. Love it so much. We're doing a theme park show about it later on. My number three is Coronado. Love the bridge. Love the hotel. And just a fun fun place to visit. My number two is look outside. The weather. It does not get any better. I mean, I will say I have a liking for some coastal cities up the coast. We've talked about Newport, some other cities, but they have kind of that overcast in the morning for a little bit in the morning. San Diego, pretty much impeccable weather. Love it. Number two is weather in San Diego. Uh, my number two is also something you can't you can't beat, the San Diego Zoo. Tell me about a zoo. You can't. You can't. <laughs> And Jeff is still waiting for those pandas to start tweeting us. Yes, yes. That brings us all the way to number one. Number one for me, the beautiful, beautiful and big San Diego Bay. I love the bay. As a matter of fact, I like the bay more than the ocean. I love everything you can do on the bay. I love sailing, kayaking, the view of the bay. And it's so big and beautiful. It's just my number one. My number one is Petco Park. Now, I realize I'm a sports junkie. Um, attic. Attic junkie, how, however you want to call it. I'm really into sports. But And it's also ironic that I'm picking this park because I've been a Dodger fan for decades, and the Dodgers and Padres are rivals. 
He bleeds blue. Nevertheless, <laughs> it's a beautiful park. True. And it sort of cut into that gas lamp quarter. So you're going through the gas lamp quarter to get to the park, and it just kind of fits in there perfectly. It's just a great place to see a game. I highly recommend it. This is not some ploy to get the Dodgers to move their stadium to a better part of town, is it? No, I have I have nothing to do with that. <laughs> just checking to make sure you weren't trying to push the rival just because of that. What a great destination, San Diego. Amazing place. Don't forget to check our website, travelbrigade.com. We've given out a lot of contact information for the people we've interviewed. We've talked about a lot of different things. You'll be able to find out where to contact those people at on our website if you go to travelbrigade.com and click on the hot sheet for today's show. We'll have all of that there for you. Because it's hot. <laughs> it's hot. In San Diego. Yes. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll be wrapping up the show right after this. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. We're ending our show in San Diego, and guess what? We're moving up north again. Yeah, I want to go surfing. Surfing. I not only want to go surfing, I want to go surfing in a place known as Surf City, USA. Getting your toes to the nose. And I not only want to go surfing in Surf City, USA, I want to go there during the U.S. Open of surfing. It is Amazing. There is no sand left on the beach because there's so many people and surfers on the beach you can't even see it anymore. And all of this is in Huntington Beach. That's right. Surf City, USA. We're going to be there next week and we will be there during the U.S. Open. It's an amazing time to be there. We can't wait. We love Huntington. It's one of our favorites. So we're going to head back north just a bit to Huntington Beach next Sunday. We hope you join us then. In the meantime, there are two stages in life. You're either on a trip or you're planning a trip. Whatever stage you're in, we hope you'll join us next Sunday. You've been listening to Travel Brigade, your Sunday morning travel show. Make sure that you check with us on our Facebook, like us there, follow us on Twitter at Travel Brigade, or check out our website, travelbrigade.com. See you next week. You've been listening to the Travel Brigade on Blog Talk Radio. Listen live every Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. Contact us on Twitter, Facebook, and at TravelBrigade.com.